0: This episode of the uh, Ultimate Patient Experience Dental Water Cooler Program. I'm Dr. David Moffat. I'm your host for today. And um, today we're going to be uh, discussing uh, about having the right people on your team doing the right jobs at the right times, which is really, really important. So who is doing what in your practice? And are the right people performing the right tasks at the right time or at the correct time? Because when I coach and consult in the, uh, the dental industry and when I'm out visiting practices, I see the wrong people doing the wrong tasks at different times and ultimately this, uh, these poor choices in a dental practice impact dramatically, they impact dramatically on the productivity of those dental practices. So at the end of the day, because of these poor choices as to who is doing what and which tasks, we find that the dentist and the practice has been very busy, but they haven't collected nearly enough money to be a profitable business and to be a successful business. And often they're not even collecting enough money sometimes to be in business. And I see dental practices uh, where dentists aren't even paying themselves a salary, which is a ridiculous thing to think that they're actually working and not even drawing a, a salary for themselves when they could be doing the same work for somebody else and be drawing a salary. So it all comes down to making sure that the right people are doing the right duties the correct duties and so before we begin i'd like to thank equa marketing for being one of the, uh, the sponsors of this program um great company and it's great to have them on board equa marketing and uh, helping to market the successful dental practices um so i guess the problem with who's doing what um i think that some dentists they either don't know, they don't see, or they don't care about the amount of time that is being wasted due to these poor decisions uh, in their practice and poor explanations and poor instructions. And more often than not, the, the person who who is you know that whose time is being wasted the most is the dentist. So I guess the the first thing that a dental practice should do is look at the tasks that are performed every day by the dentist and then make a list of those tasks and then just put two columns beside that list and then in one column, head that column tasks that only a dentist can perform legally, And then the second column, put down tasks that other people can, in the practice can perform legally. And then follow the dentist around and see what the dentist does during the day and make a list of those tasks and then see what time is being wasted because ultimately a dentist should be working on an hourly rate in excess of $500 an hour. That's at a minimum. I worked on an hourly rate considerably higher than that. That's the amount of money that I produce for the practice divided by the number of hours that I worked on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. My hourly rate was well over $1,000. In fact, I think when I retired, uh, it was around the $1,350 per hour mark. So if I'm doing the job of somebody else who is on a $20 or $30 an hour rate, and I'm doing their job, then I'm not doing something that's earning $1,352 an hour. I'm doing something that's only earning $20 and the person who does the $20 an hour job, what are they doing while I'm doing their job? Does that make sense? So have a look at some of the tasks. So filling out forms. Why would a dentist fill out their own forms at $1,300 an hour when they can pay somebody $20 an hour to fill out a form. What about getting boxes, boxes for laboratory jobs? Uh, These are the ones that are collected. Why not have somebody who's on a lower hourly rate go and get the boxes? What about putting matrix bands together? I've seen dentists actually have to take off their gloves, go to their cabinetry and remove the components of the matrix band from the the drawers and then assemble the matrix band while the dental assistant sits there doing not much. Why would a dentist be doing something that could be done well ahead of time instead of paying somebody else to do it ahead of time? What about assembling and getting out impression materials, getting the trays ready, getting the uh, syringes ready? Um, Why would a dentist be doing that? I I even spoke to a dentist who was mixing his own impression materials. And I said, why don't you get somebody else to mix them for you? And then I spoke to another dentist who was having somebody else mix his impression materials and then hand it to him on a spatula, and he was loading the tray. What about discs and mandrels? Who assembles those? What about having to get things out of drawers that should be already out before the patient comes in? You know, cotton rolls, pads, filling materials, bonds, mixing, pads, spatulas. What about putting things out of reach when they should be in reach? Getting, again, the the room set up correctly so that there's not time wasted with people doing nothing, waiting for somebody to do something that should have been done ahead of time. What about items that are needed during treatment that are kept in non-treatment areas? A colleague of mine was doing a locum job and um, there was an infection in the pulp. He needed to uh, open up the tooth and, uh, and drain the infection and he asked the dental assistant for, you know, a a root canal tray and 10 minutes later, he's trying to work out where the dental assistant had gone. And she's out in the, the uh, sterile area, assembling the the componentry on that tray, while he and the patient sat there twiddling their thumbs. So we've got to work out what are the things that a dental assistant can do and things that a dental assistant can do that the dentist has been doing. And should we, Allocate more time, you know. Again, somebody says, Well, you know, I only have one dental assistant. Well, at $20 an hour, $30 an hour, get a second dental assistant and watch your hourly rate jump by more than $30 an hour. And that's what it's all about. So Again, let's, let's look at the numbers. Um, say a dentist is working on $600 an hour. From that, 60% of that goes to pay the expenses of the practice, so $360 an hour is paying the expenses of the practice. If the dentist is working on 40% for himself, 60% pays the expenses of the practice. So, when the dentist is performing procedures that only he can do in the office, like drilling teeth, the dentist is actually earning $360 per hour for the practice. And every time he stops doing that, the income to run the practice stops as well. So we're not just talking about the dentist making their own money, they're 40%, we're actually talking about the dentist making the money that runs the practice. 360 dollars an hour to run the practice and the dentist stops doing that and starts doing something else that doesn't bring in money and the practice income drops so why would the dentist be stopping producing while he waits for the dental assistant to get something that should have been ready in advance He waits for the dental assistant to do something that could be done after the patient has has departed, like filling in forms. Or worse still, as I said, the dentist is actually performing a duty that the dental assistant could have or should have performed prior to the patient arriving or after the patient departs. So the dentist is actually doing the job of the dental assistant. The dentist stops working for $600 an hour, which he gets 40%, and starts working or watching someone do the job at $20, $25, $30 an hour. It's just crazy. It's crazy to think that this happens, but it happens regularly. So you've got to work out what is... What I like to think, what is nurse time? What is patient time? And what is doctor time in the practice? And anything that is nurse time that is not being done by the dental assistant is robbing the practice of those vital income dollars. It's also robbing the patient of their time because if the patient has to wait for this to be done by somebody else and not be done ahead of time, the appointment is longer. And so the procedure takes longer, but the fee doesn't go up by the minute. And that's a waste of the patient time. Now I like to think to the patients, no patient, if you ask a patient, would you rather have this procedure done in 60 minutes or 40 minutes? I can do it just as well in 40 minutes or I can take 60 minutes. What do you think they're gonna say? No, doc, take 60 minutes. I prefer to sit in this chair with my mouth open for another 20 minutes. Of course they're not. So by having dental assistants do things while patients are there that should have been done ahead of time is, again, a waste of the patient's time and an insult to the patient. Patients want things done in an efficient and systemised manner. Nobody wants to be in a dental chair one minute longer than they have to. So look at getting it right. What is, what is
1: something that I do? Drill teeth. What is something that other people can do instead of the doctor that helps the, the practice to run efficiently? The doctor's time is sacrosanct. Gotta make sure that the doctor, their time is well structured, high priority, and the doctor should never be interrupted. Again, interrupt the doctor, impacts on the patient's time. Anything that is not exclusive
0: to the dentist should be performed by another team member and not at the expense or the interruption of the dentist.
1: So again, I know practices, golly. I worked in a practice where the practice was ordering new uniforms
0: and somebody came around and walked into the treatment room with the dentist and asked the dentist what size uniform they took and asked the staff members what size uniforms they took. Now here was a patient paying $2,000 for a crown and their appointments being interrupted by something that could have been done, should have been done, not during patient time. And of course if it took patient time, then it took dentist time, patient was in the chair longer, dentist could have been doing something else. Now that was
1: just a simple question. In reality,
0: sometimes it's better to problem solve in a big bunch of problems at the end of the morning, at the end of the afternoon, rather than to do them instantaneously unless, of course, it is something urgent for the patient. He can solve problems because there are times and there will be times
1: that the dentist can deal with things while an impression's being taken, while composite resin is setting. There are times
0: during the appointment where a dentist can quickly scan a note and reply to that note, but it takes a very good team to, I guess, choreograph these minor, minor time interruptions, they still have to be major interruptions. Much better as, I, as I've said to make sure
1: that we're looking after
0: the dentist's time so that the dentist can work efficiently because it's a principle of life that the only difference between a labourer and a successful businessman is how they allocate their
1: time, use their time and and also um, delegate duties to maximise their time.
0: So here's one of the things that I used to do. At the end of the day, I would dictate my own patient notes and then I'd have somebody else enter those notes the next morning. And then I would check those notes at the end of the following day. So, for correctness or any uh, adjustments that needed to be made. And the important thing is here, that I wasn't entering the notes at the departure of each patient because I'm a slow typer, and to me it wasn't urgent that the amount of syringes of anaesthetic that I used or the concentration of etch that I used or the the amount of curing time that I used, um, that wasn't important at that point in time. What was important was
1: to have the patient seen,
0: treated, and departed. And spend the time, rather than writing notes, but actually spend the time connecting with the patient verbally as well. Very, very important. I've seen dental practices where the patient gets up and the dentist is too busy punching away on the computer to even farewell the patient and thank them for their, for their attendance and thank them for being a great patient and wish them well, wish them good health. Connect with them about some future event or offer an above and beyond experience or some secret service information.
1: All little things which the patient relates to,
0: as opposed to whether the notes are recorded properly at that instant, when they could be easily recorded properly at the end of the day and typed in. So very, very important to work out what are
1: priorities in terms of time. Priorities
0: in terms of time. Priorities in terms of time is what makes one dental practice more successful than the other. And of course, it is the successful dental practices that spend the time with the patient and allocate customer service time with the patient from other people in the practice that then has those patients raving about the
1: the customer service and the, the friendly
0: nature of everybody at the office. So really important at looking at those relationships that we can have with people and are there things that we can do that would be relationship time with the patient as opposed to time spent Frustratingly waiting for matrix bands to be assembled, waiting for instruments to be gotten out, waiting for
1: paperwork to be written up, waiting for notes to be written up when we could be spending time with the patient. Remember, ultimately, it's not about turning
0: a 50 minute dental procedure into a 40 five-minute dental procedure and then saying, well, for every nine that I used to do, now I can do 10 because I'm picking up five minutes every
1: procedure. It's not about that, that five minutes. That five minutes would be better spent relating
0: to the, relating to the patient and building a relationship with the patient so that they love you, respect you, and want you to um, do the work that you've suggested uh, as soon as you suggest it. Lyla, have you got any questions? Lyla, have you got any questions for me at this point in time?
1: Yeah, I was just wondering how the role the office manager would play. For example, when, there's a problem of printers not working or something like that, creating the chart as to how you run up the chain of command. When Who takes it to the doctor and at what point?
0: I guess everybody in the office should have the ability to be able to solve a problem without having to, to run to the doctor. And you know, um, you know, again, the dentist is, is there to drill teeth, um, he's not there to be an office equipment service person. Now I, I, I have I have seen the situation even in my own office where one of the office staff said, "We need a new vacuum cleaner. This one's not working." And my question back was, um, "Have we emptied the bag in the vacuum cleaner?" And they go, "What bag?" <laughs> and so you know, again. Um, uh, if if that problem had not, if that question had not been asked to me, I probably would have ended up with an ex, with a new vacuum cleaner as opposed to a new bag inside the vacuum cleaner. Um, but um, technical problems, it's again fixing computers. I knew nothing about fixing computers. You know, if there was a problem with the computers, it was get onto our support. You know, somebody get onto the support and work with the support to get this happening. But don't. Don't draw the doctor away from a patient to solve something that is a non, a non, um, a non um, clinical problem that can be solved by uh, getting somebody else onto it. So, good question. Um, yeah, you know, it could just be a paper jam um, in the printer. But again, if it's printing out a receipt for the patient and, and so you know, the patient's there, we can email the receipt to the patient. We can post the receipt to the patient. Um, we can have the patient look at the screen to, um, to discuss their chart as, as seen on the screen if needed. So we can get around the urgency of actually needing that physical piece of paper at that point in time.
1: That makes sense? Yes, it does.
0: Yeah. So really, really good point. Um, Same with lab jobs as well. Um, I know my staff used to, to, and I, I, they wanted me to to sign off on every lab job, in case they'd made an error um, in what was needed, in case there was something that was a variance from the norm. But it was much better for me to see a form that was completed than for me to have to sit there and fill in the whole form yeah and you know there might there might have been something that I might have needed to change, but routinely you know I, all my all my crowns had no staining in the fissures, um, so that box was ticked um, and nearly all had um, all porcelain margins, so that box was ticked and, and it was just a matter of making sure that uh, that these boxes were routinely ticked and and i guess they, they just want to make sure that that i i um that i was abreast of those details in terms of the 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 style of the of the, the crown and bridge work but um in terms of dates you know when's the patient coming back when you know the procedures you know we had our protocols it wasn't for me to say oh when is this patient coming back do i have to fill in the date that they're coming back it was for the the staff to do that, and then again, that's not that's not that wasn't my role as the dentist, um, and so you know, really important to um, to to make sure that you know the dentist was doing um, only the things that were productive in the practice, as opposed to you know, and and little things like opening up bags of instruments in front of the patient. You know, the patient came in or instruments are in their their sterilization pouches, they can be opened up and assembled before the dentist comes into the room. it's not for the dentist to come in and have to tear open the bags. Um, And you know, that's all time. And in fact, you know, it can be discussed, the dental assistant can be discussing, um, I'm just opening up the bags and laying laying the instruments out ready for the dentist. You know, use that as as an advertisement for the systems in your practice you know, um, when the dentist goes out of the room to um, do a hygiene check, get the dental assistant to straighten the bracket, they will straighten up all the instruments and let the patient know, you know, I'm just straightening up the instruments because David likes these instruments to be straightened um, whenever he comes back into the room. That tells the patient that I'm a, I'm a neat freak, but I also it means that if I like it neat on the bracket, I probably like it neat inside the mouth where I'm working as well. And so, again, don't just do it, but explain um, use that time when it's available, have the, those staff members to explain what they're doing, so that, um, so that it creates a point of discussion for the, for the patient in that, and education. So you know, the, 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 the scariest thing about being a dental patient is that you are stuck on your back looking up at the ceiling and you can't really see what's going on around you. And so the less time you are in that position, It is better for you, as the patient, and and so you know if they're worried about things being open and closed, and they would just think, you know, I would always say this that my patients would think, you've known I've had this appointment for a week, and you still haven't been able to get things ready for me.
1: So um, again, patient time,
0: assistant time, and Dentist time. Similarly, you know, at the end of the day, next day, you know, there are patients to be phoned, um, you know, to just check everything's okay. How's that crown feeling? How are you feeling after that extraction? How are you feeling after having the nerve taken out of your tooth? We found that it was better to have the dental assistant who worked with the patient or the dental receptionist who checked out the patient to do that call the next day, because they'd actually spent more time talking to the patient than the dentist had. And, and so they were able to, and, and of course, in those sort of situations, the patients feel more at ease talking to those team members than they do to the dentist, if they have any questions about it. So again, you know, a waste of the dentist time for the dentist to be actually getting on the phone to check that the patient's feeling okay. And it's a rhetorical question. They nearly all are feeling okay um, when a team member get on the phone and just say, look, hi, it's, um, it's Kyra from Dr. Moffat's um, Dr. Moffat's just asked me to give you a call to see how things are going after, you know, you had that nerve taken out yesterday. And of course, so it, they're ringing on my behalf, but they're ringing and they're doing the ringing because that's a $30 an hour job as opposed to a $600 an hour job. But there is one thing that does wow new patients. And that is if the dentist calls a new patient ahead of time. Um, and usually that's done, you know, in dentist spare time uh, or at the end of the day. Um, and often it only just needs to be a message as well, where the dentist calls a new patient ahead of time and just says, I, you know, stop them off at us from active dental. I see you've got an appointment to see me next week. Uh, I just like to welcome you to the practice and just, um, Wanted to know if there's anything in particular that you want me to look at, or that you, that you'd like me to know ahead of time, and that's a really really powerful um, introduction to the patient. I think, wow, the dentist called me especially to introduce themselves, and often there isn't, um, but uh, that's a really good use of the dentist's time to set up that relationship ahead of time. But uh, and that's probably more powerful than having a dental assistant call ahead of time and saying, hi, <laughs> you know, it's uh, Amy from Dr. Moffat's office and I'll be working with Dr. Moffat tomorrow. Um, it's probably better to have the dentist do that call. But uh, it, it's all about looking at who's best to do the job. And if it's something where it doesn't matter who does it, then why have the highest paid person? You know, it's, it's like motor racing when the, when the, when the, the Formula One car comes into the pits, you don't see the driver get out and change the wheels and fill up the tank. Um, you know, he's the driver. He's responsible for making sure that car goes as fast as it can when he gets it out there. And um, having him do, you know, ordinary tasks that somebody else can do um, this isn't a good use of the, of the pit time. And so it's it's about that, it's about that sort of time efficiency and looking at you know, how, can I, how can I make this practice run more efficiently so it's a profitable business, a successful business, and it's a business that people are going to be happy to refer their friends to and that people are going to be happy to come and work here because they know that this business is going to be around for a long time. They're so really, really important. Really important to look at that. Because otherwise a dentist doing everything and people sitting around watching him do stuff. So even, even little things, Lila, like who brings the patient in? Who goes out and takes the patient out at the end of the appointment? You know, I, I worked out of alternate rooms. So when I finished treating the patient, I farewelled them, but I left them with the dental assistant who then took the patient out to the front and had as much time as they needed because I was in the next room with the next patient and the, the other dental assistant working away on the hourly ray You know, the dental assistant was in a hurry to come back and clean up the room to get it ready for the next patient because I was in another room. So they had plenty of time to do that, but they also had plenty of time to, to build relationship with the patient as well. Similarly, the next patient is already brought down by the the other dental assistant. The dentist doesn't go out and get the patient themselves. Um, that's a thirty dollar an hour task. Who puts the bib on the patient? Is it the dentist or is the dental assistant puts the bib on the patient? You know, again, who's who's doing the who's doing the the procedure? That is the most profitable for the practice and. If they're doing something else, then what's, what else is being done to earn income for the practice? Because you know, it's without income, there is no practice. And without profit, there is no practice. So um, practice has to work profitably. And if the practice is profitable, we end up with a far more relaxed owner. And he's much more pleasant to work for than an owner who's worried about where the income is because he's doing... Um, tasks that he could be delegating. So I hope that, hope that makes makes sense, Lila.
1: Yes, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Mm, yeah, but you know, a lot of dentists, you know, again, time management isn't taught in dental school. It's not taught at all. And so even some specialists, well-educated, highly skilled specialists work on very low incomes because they don't delegate the tasks the next meeting is in august on the second monday night in august Mm -hmm. which uh, i'm looking for that date but i'm thinking that's going to be uh monday the 12th at um eight o'clock eastern time which for those of us in australia is um 10 o'clock on tuesday the 13th in the morning um it's a nice time of day to be doing it. Um, works well. So, um, we'll get notification out about what we're talking about on that time. And um, thanks very much again to Equa Marketing for sponsoring the, uh, the water cooler series and um, for um, allowing uh, me to present the ultimate patient experience water cooler series. So thanks, Lila, and um, I'll talk to you again next month.